and welcome to our newest episode of the Modern Employer Podcast. As always, here is uh, with you myself, Olya, Yangshina, and Karthika. Hi everyone. We're sorry, we were a bit rusty, so forgive us. <laughs> it's been yeah, it's been a little while, you guys, because we uh, we took a break, and to be honest, feel really refreshed, feel really great. I took a holiday. It was the April Easter, and and it was you know May Bank holiday. It was it was great, and you know I highly recommend. I always encourage everyone at work and my team to take as many holidays as they can to feel nice and refreshed. But you know, highly recommend for all of you people people to also spend some time and also listen to your own advice. Hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. I'm. I I was really grateful for the holiday. Started a new job. Um, which has been, which has been, you know, really great. Um, I've been learning a lot. I've been um, putting, you know, as much effort in as possible, 100%. And so just taking a little time out was really refreshing, but I'm ready. I'm ready to get back to it, aren't you? I'm so ready and we are coming back with an explosive topic oh, <laughs> yeah. topic that is probably on your mind, uh, you know, as we are going into a new financial year, some of us, some of us are counting our quarters in line with the new financial year, but also, you know, who cares, maybe you're just recruiting more people, maybe you're finally out of your recruitment hibernation, aka pandemic, and going into, you know, scale, so how do you do that? this 100% I'm excited Olya like this is a huge topic for us um and as you said people coming out of hibernation so we've got a really good you know value for this podcast and a theme don't we salary benchmarking made easy salary benchmarking made easy for you with us together Karthika throw the value throw the value of these people I'm going to throw it to the people because they want to hear it um this podcast so we're going to be focusing um is basically on HR professionals um and people in people operations teams um this is where the most value for you guys um will happen um and it you know, we're going to be discussing when it comes to conducting sort of yearly pay reviews, um, you know, what what are the contributions to the yearly pay reviews? You know, it's increased retention rates. Um, you know, how do we price roles um, prior to that? What are the timelines? Um, what are the how does it help with our recruitment um, and our hiring plans? And also, you know, my favorite part of it is strategically budgeting um, for the back of a sort of a yearly hi- hiring plan, um, which is extremely important and um, retention, attraction, all great things. So really valuable if you're a HR professional, really valuable if you're in a people ops team. Also, if you're an organization that is thinking about salary benchmarking, excellent for you too. So let's get to it. Excited. I my God. The first topic is uh, how, you know, uh, we, I mean, with salary benchmarking overall, it's important, right? I know this, Karthika knows this, but what we wanted to talk about is at what stage it becomes more relevant for your business. When exactly does it become relevant and how exactly is it important for you? 
So I really want to invite Karthika into this one here because from um, the positions that she's held, she's been very close to the board, very close to senior leadership and uh, implementing salary benchmarking as a process, as a project has been on her mind. So from that perspective, I, I really want to hear what she has to say. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, like, I think it's it's the first step, really, for any business. Um, you know, if you're a VC-backed, if you're a investor-backed business, if you are got privately uh, equitable business, um, you have a board, um, generally. <laughs> and um, that board really wants to have data. Um, and generally, they become more interested in salary benchmarking and making sure um, that you are getting this right when you're asking for money um, to scale. And this becomes even more important because you're looking at the strategy of scaling, strategy of retention. Um, retention strategies might involve um, rewards and um, you know, for people out there in HR, you know that rewards are also benefits, salary benchmarking, whatever it might look like um, for your business. So you're asking for more money for the people within your business, but you're also asking for more money for scaling your business. And it's very important that the board have data points. And therefore, this becomes even more important because this is when they need that level of data to make sure that. A, the money is going to where the money should be going, and B, that the money is well spent. Um, so even though it should be going to where it should be going, things can change very drastically with the pandemic, things have changed, um, that they know that even if things change, that that backup money is still there and you have and they know that the numbers were crunched prior. And this level of detail is what people need to put their hands in their pockets to give you funding, for instance, um, for more um, funding specifically. So it's very important that you get this, this presentation to the board correct, but also, you know, that you're thinking about this stuff before you're going to the board to ask them for, for money to scale because it's very important. Salary benchmarking is one of the practical points um, that you can definitely 100% um, count on. Um, but that that's sort of, you know, align yourself with the business strategy. Think about what you're asking for, um, especially if you're an investor-run business. But yeah, I, I would kind of like to hear it from the next part of it, which is not sort of the more strategically scaling side of it and why you would go to the board and the pressures of the board, but more from internally, because there are more things that we can do internally, right? I mean, totally. When you think about employee experience and retention, there are some projects that can come to mind. And for the case of Switchy, for example, uh, and the case of a previous company I worked in uh, called Passport, we were doing something really, you know, really exciting and really something people are looking forward to every year. And that's called an annual pay review process. For the annual pay review process, it's um, paramount really <laughs> to conduct salary benchmarking. And the reason is that you want to make sure that you pay people 
um, at the market rate. So something that Switcher commits to is that we are paying them at the median um, of the market rate. So salary benchmarking for us is important because we want to uh, reward people for their loyalty throughout the year, for their strong performance. And it's just a great something to look forward to at the end of the year, uh, seeing whether your salary is going to be adjusted, seeing how your performance has impacted, you know, your progression, etc. So from kind of that softer side and from the side of uh, talking to your employees about salary benchmarking and why you're using that to find out what their salaries are, it will really help because if you come to them from this transparent point that it's not you who makes up the salaries, it's not your manager who makes up the salaries, it's not their manager who makes up the salaries, and it's not the cleaner, it's the data points that are out there available, you know, on the internet that you source, that you invested time in, and that you are comfortable with, you know, you trust them yourself, so you can explain to them why they should trust those numbers too. And that's, you know, another just really great thing to do to reward that loyalty through the years with people. To be honest, when we talk about um, just even conducting these benchmarkings, there are some things to watch out for. And this is kind of the next thing we wanted to discuss with you guys. What is there to watch out for when conducting salary benchmarking? So over to you, Karthika, tell us from your bird's eye view, tell us from your strategic view, what do companies have to focus on to avoid things going wrong? So I think it's twofold. Um, so, you know, I think companies panic when it comes to salary benchmarking a little bit because they haven't done fully the steps to get there. So they have all of this data, right? So you've got this data, you've paid for a platform, whatever it might look like, you've got data in front of you. Um, but you haven't done the basic things to get to using that data effectively. So um, there are a few steps. And I think one of the biggest things that um, that companies sometimes forget is org structure is very different, like very important in this whole um, process and leveling systems equally important. So um, if you don't have that, it becomes very difficult to know where, where to start with salary benchmarking and where people actually sit within um, the roles within your business. Um, but also the level between in the industry. Um, and without that, it becomes an incredibly difficult task and it can become very tedious um, because it is a lot of guesswork. And the thing is, guesswork is, is okay in the beginning. And, you know, you might want to play around with certain things on a platform. It's all right to have that in the beginning. But guesswork to continually do that um, can become... A, a very tedious process on a yearly or six monthly basis can become extremely tedious and extremely admin heavy. Um, so really, you know, you want to be considering, okay, what are the org structures? What are leveling systems that I want to put in place? Because it then becomes much easier as you keep conducting these year in, year out, especially if you're a scaling business, it's incredibly important to have these processes in place and have that uh, knowledge in place before you scale because um, if you do it as you scale sometimes um, as a team 
as a people resource and a people team, you need more resources and you just don't have the manpower. So um, I would say before putting salary benchmark in place, have those org structure discussions, org design discuss discussions, leveling systems in place, make sure that, um, you know, and then look at the data because then you can actually determine um, where, where, where people sit within the um, industry. And, you know, if you have to do a little change here and there um, to get them on the right level, at least then you know. Um, and I know internal leveling can look different to external leveling um, on a platform, um, but at least you have a full understanding where people sit. So it's really important to navigate your org structure, have that level system out. And sometimes that can take a bit of a timeline to do. Um, but, you know, there can be better ways, I think, Olya, like um, that isn't predominantly just to do with salary benchmarking. And for the, as I said, um, that is less administrative for the future um, and isn't on maybe a full-blown platform all the time um, is building in salary calculators. And that can be a very practical thing that you continually do year on, year out, or if you're doing six monthlies, um, is to build in a, a salary calculator into your organization. And um, there are really good salary calculators out there that you can have um, examples of, such as GitLab have one, um, I think, whereby have done this uh, similar thing. Um, and I know that, you know, I would be very interested in building my own salary calculator. Um, and I think this is sort of the future. And it depends on your business as well, on how your business strategy looks, um, whether you want to put effort into doing that or whether you want to just build out on a um, salary, uh, just a salary benchmarking platform. Um, the benefits of having a salary calculator means that everyone gets to see exactly where they should be um, and it is super standardized then to your business um, and also has that standardization with the external businesses um, who are in exact competition with you so um, there are there are those pieces for standardization purposes that you could use a salary calculator for um, but, you know, it takes time to build one and it doesn't happen overnight. There are steps that you need to take before you build a salary calculator as well. The ones, the steps that I mentioned before are the steps you probably still need to take before building one um, because you can't just build one and expect it to work um, because it won't because you're cutting corners. Um, but yeah, that that's sort of what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no, I, mean, I think that it's a salary calculator is a new cool thing and it's um you know it's great that there's already so many examples but i think that sometimes again what can go wrong is that we run into that danger of applying a blanket policy to our company and it doesn't really fit so i actually i'm pretty happy with vita mojo and, and karthika here because they are creating their own um, salary calculator and that's gonna pay off much better in the long run anyway. So what I wanted to focus on is, you know, uh, what if you do not have <laughs> the capacity to create your own salary calculator? What if you do not have a paid platform you can invest in to give you all the data points? What the hell do you do? And 
I have an answer for you. So let me share something here. Um, talking about it from the hands-on perspective, from that operational aspect of what we must be uh, doing when we do salary benchmarking to kind of avoid those problems is firstly, have uh, a visual way of uh, displaying your salary benchmarking in front of your eyes and in front of the eyes of all the relevant stakeholders, such as your heads of departments, your CEO, the board, anyone who's interested. And before you know, we even think about uh, how to how to make it better, and I'm going to give you later on in this podcast some tips on, on how to do that, how to lay it out. Before we even go there, we have to think about enough data points, first of all, and uh, you know how many are too many? <laughs> I like spoiler, there is never too many. And then how little is too little? So uh, personally, myself, I was taught this from my previous manager and shout out to her, the incredible Courtney Sir from Passport who taught me how to do this. Um, I was taught you know, to have at least 35, 30 to 35 data points. And when I talk about data points, I mean quality data points. And that's your second kind of thing to watch out for when you do that benchmarking. Where is the data point from? Um, so let's break it down. For example, I'm hiring for a customer success manager right now. So if I was to create a benchmarking for a customer success manager, I wanna find other jobs that are currently live out there on the internet um, that actually fit the profile that I'm recruiting for. So what I wanna watch out is, what is the company that's recruiting? Are they a large corporate company or are they more like switchy? They have less people, less turnover. Are they, uh, is, this, is this job coming from an agency? Uh, what uh, industry is this coming from? Is it you know financial services, is it health tech, is it, uh, property, you know, services, is it, is it MarTech, like ours is IoT, Internet of Things, so I would be looking at some companies that do SaaS, that do technology, um, and um, that are perhaps even in the housing market, so the thing is that you have to watch out for where the data point is coming from and whether it is even relevant for what you are looking for. Take a look carefully at the job that is currently live that you are trying to put on your benchmarking uh, sheet, right? You want to find out whether their uh, experience that they ask is the same experience that you ask read through the role description they have and see how it compares to yours. And doing that takes time, I'm not gonna lie. You can, for one job, easily spend an hour and a half doing this, but you will have a very good quality research that's very important from our previous subject, right? That you can trust yourself because if you can trust it then you can make other people trust it and you can convince other people that it's a good piece of research and that the salary you're proposing it makes sense and um you know it's not easy to do that always because maybe the person will come back to you and say they you know they expected much more and how come this is the amount and then you you can't waffle when that comes to that, you know? And that's another thing to watch out for. Do you have the capacity that will not let you waffle? <laughs> Do you have the data behind your shoulders that you trust, that if any attack is coming your way from any stakeholder here, 
you can fall back on that and you can say, you know what, let's look at it together. This is what I found. This is how much of it I found. And this is how good of a quality this is. And that is kind of one point that I wanted to make. Another point is there are many different places, many different resources where you can source for a job description or a salary range. So there are salary comparison websites out there. There is UK Talent, there is IT Jobs Watch, um, there is Check a Salary, there is Payscale, Indeed, Read, Glassdoor, and I'm sure some others for, for other job pads that just sort of don't come to my mind right now. But you can definitely just sort of open the range, see what it is, even select a country or a city um, or years of experience for that range that you're really interested in. Then you have companies that are larger than you, and then you have companies that are huge, and then maybe you have some agency roles that you found. And finally, don't forget to include a few that are your ideal comparison. So within your industry, within your company size, literally textbook, almost your job description. And that is going to help you kind of avoid some of these problems uh, when you want to fall back on your data. And um, kind of that is really kind of taking us into uh, talking a bit more about some practical tips and advice. What are the things that you can come do tomorrow already in order to have that amazing process of annual peer reviews or pricing a job before recruitment or um, you know, preparing your budget for scaling? What are the practical tips and advice you can implement tomorrow? Our most favorite bit on this channel, isn't it, Karika? 100%. I love, I love this practical element because I think, um, you know, it, it is our learned experiences. Um, so we want to give you practical advice as much as possible um, and give you something that you know, to think about as well. Um, you don't have to implement and take our practical tips, but, you know, it's one to think about. Um, you know, the one thing I sort of think in all of this is you have to make timelines and plan appropriately when you're salary benchmarking, because timelines are incredibly important. As I said, you cannot miss steps. Um, if you miss a step, um, if you don't, as Alia said, don't get all your data points and take time to evaluate how long that might take you if you don't have a program or an instant program and you're doing that manually. Um, how long does that take you? So plan out your time, plan out how much resource you need to do a salary benchmarking exercise. It's very important to do that before you do something, because the thing is, look, if if you're saying like, oh, we have, um, you know, we have to get to all of the stakeholders and do this exercise by um, by June. But, but realistically, you are saying yes to June, but haven't looked at your timelines and haven't looked at how long will this step take? How long will this step take? How long will an org structure leveling system? Um, how long will um, getting and finding data, will that take realistically for X amount of employees? Um, then you're, you're doing yourself a disservice, in my opinion. So sit, evaluate, make timelines um, is my practical tip. And the way you can do that is build out a framework of like, okay, this is my first step. 
this would be my second step. So an org structure, looking at that structure first, um, there might, you know, when you start looking at an org structure and design, you might think actually we might need to reshuffle um, here, um, or we might need to think about retitling um, to fit with a better leveling system. Um, and a leveling system can take up to like six months, if I'm being honest, a good leveling system can even take a little bit longer. Um, so really have that in mind. Um, as I say to everyone, if you have never done it before, I would get a consultant in to come and help with this kind of situation because you don't want it to be done half-heartedly. So put in and set aside a budget um, to understand what the skills in your own team are, what you guys can do um, as a team and set aside a budget for maybe a consultant to come in and help guide you through. And I would see that as much more of a learning and development process as well, um, because the salary benchmarking um, isn't something that you can easily step into and shouldn't be something to be taken lightly. So put aside some budget, set aside yourself a time for a timeline um, and put that together and you, you should be golden. Um, if I'm being honest, so that's my practical tip um, right there. I want to be golden. <laughs> yeah, be golden. Think forward, be golden. Think budget, think framework, think how, where do I start? And um, what are my timelines realistically? And be realistic with yourself. Um, that is a practical tip. Be super realistic with yourself. Look, if you're thinking about leveling system, that's going to take six months. Think big, bigger picture. Okay, we're going to be scaling in one year's time. Okay, we need to start the salary benchmarking process now um, because it's important before you do it, before you scale, in my opinion. I mean, totally, totally on the same page here. And you know, don't again, like as Karika said here, don't underestimate it because I made an error like that before, and I was like, "Hey, we're going to do annual pay reviews now," um, and then uh, I was nervous like the entire year. I was like, "Oh my god, I have to do annual pay reviews all by hand. And what am I going to do? What am I going to do?" But hold on a minute. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to give you more help, more practical tips of, and advice. I'm going to share with you a miracle platform called Option Impact. I've come across Option Impact over two years ago now, and that platform has absolutely saved my life. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. 100% not sponsored. 100% <laughs> not sponsored. 100% should have been sponsored. And um, the sell I'm going to give you now on this is insane. So Option Impact is a platform that already has the levels in already has the breakdown per country, already has the breakdown per profession, and wait for it, comes from real data points in real companies today. Not live jobs and descriptions inflated by agencies, not live job descriptions, you know, from companies that you're not really interested in because they're out of your area and out of your industry, and moreover, out of your even size, this platform helps you go in, select literally a copy paste of your scenario that you're looking for, and it gives you the breakdown of data, how many data points there is, and spreads them out per percentile, giving you 
the median salary for that role. And what I really like to do is I like to have that salary breaking down between the companies as, you know, like zero to 50 people, uh, 50 to 100 people, 100 to 200 people, etc. And then I see what is the median salary in all of these companies. Now, sounds too good to be true. Well, it is too good to be true, but it exists. I promise you it exists. <laughs> I've been recommending it to every breathing HR soul I've come across as well. And, um, you know, they all love it too. So there is a caveat with option impact, and that is how do they make something so amazing and miraculous free? Well, it's a community sharing platform, basically, where you go in and you have to anonymously, but share all of your information, input all of your salaries for the different roles, and in return for that generous offer of information, they give you their information. They give you the information of all the other companies who did the same thing you've just done. And usually between the time that you upload all of your information and get access to the rest of the data points for the entire universe, there is 21 days period. If you wait 21 days and then you get that access to the platform, it's free access. However, if everything is happening last minute for you and there is no other way but get data today, you can pay. You can pay for the platform and you can get instant access to all of the data points without uh, waiting for that 21 day to pass. By the way, 21 days is not just like a thing for you to wait to make it annoying. It is the time that they take to review everything and suggest any edits on your data. So these people actually check that uh, you're not just entering kind of like Teletubby salaries in there and you're entering salaries of real people. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of, you know, just kind of recommending a practical tip and advice for you, go ahead, check it out. It's called Option Impact, two words. Very easy, very miraculous, absolutely recommend. And another practical tip for me is even though I'm using option impact, at times I get to recruit for roles that maybe do not have enough data points, even inside that giant platform. And I may come across a salary where I only have 12 data points in there. But remember my previous tip, I want 35 at least. So what I want to do is, aside from just having the data from that platform, I then go back to finding the live job descriptions on the internet. Yes, I know, sad face, still have to do that. But it takes a lot less time because I already have uh, you know, a very respectable platform. So now actually what I need to do is just you know, top it up a little. And most of the time I go to you know, my trusted pay scale, I go to UK Talent, I go to IT Jobs Watch, I go to all the previous ones I named for you and I get the salary ranges because there is already hundreds of data points in there where they get their ranges from. So it saves so much time. And let me give you an example of how much time it saved me. I have done salary benchmarking for my company of about 23, 25 people. I've done it all uh, in three days, yeah. three days. For my yeah. company by myself 
Plus, I also had time to do lots of other stuff because I'm the only uh, people person in the company. So it's absolutely brilliant and it is something I highly recommend. Um, but you know, remember, it's not still it's not still your only solution. Even though you have a platform like this or some other platform you pay for, you will still probably need to spend some time more to top it up. Sometimes for some weird jobs that are not fully populated in that um, in that universe of data sets. And that was all my advice. So here it is. Take it, take it or leave it. But take it. <laughs> I mean, I would take it. I would 100% take it. I, I couldn't recommend Option Impact more. Um, and really, you're so totally right. There are going to be so many roles that maybe your business has and other businesses do not have. And doesn't make your business anomaly in that you should be following the crowd. It actually means that, you know, there might not be enough data out there, but there will be something out there. And remember, titles in different companies are going to be different. Um, so be aware, just be totally aware. Luckily, with Option Impact, it does standardize um, that process for you um, with something called Job Family, which um, then you can sort of look at job descriptions and see um, which sort of fits um, correctly. Um, but with that said, you know, with option impact, if you haven't done a leveling system within your business itself, it can be very difficult and tedious um, the first time you use it. So even though not everyone can be an Ollie and doing three days, um, <laughs> if you have a bigger sized business, um, put, set yourself some more time um, because you might be playing around with the whole uh, platform for a little bit more. Um, so just it's just bear that in mind, I would say, um, set yourself some more time, um, do it in, in good time. Remember the 21 days. Um, there are other platforms you can get um, that are instant access, even option impact can be instant access with um, a price that you have to pay. There's also, if you're a slightly bigger company um, and scaling, you might wanna go um, down the line of um, Randstad. Um, so if you're above like a, 35 mil com company, um, you, that's where you might want to get your data from. Um, the is extremely global um, and they also do the same in terms of getting a median. But I would say when you're a little bit bigger, that might be one to consider. Um, otherwise, build yourself a salary calculator, even less administrative work. <laughs> Absolutely, just make it like spend a little bit of time to do it once and then just make sure it doesn't break and make, maybe make it even a little bit polished here and here. But you have a thing that works for you and you spend a lot less time. That is absolutely brilliant advice. So, well, thank you so much for listening. We're coming to the end of our podcast. And I just wanted to say that the next topic we have coming up is even more entertaining and interesting. And we're going to be talking about the engineering culture that attracts and retains engineers. And we are so excited about this one. We're bringing an awesome guest. Um, who is the engineer, I mean, surprise, surprise, but <laughs> she's gonna come and tell us everything about the culture that attracts her and how she believes that. So very excited about this one. Stay tuned, another episode is gonna be coming out in a week's time and we're back. 
We're back. We're finally back. I'm so excited. And I'm just really excited to for the next one. It's going to be so good, isn't it, Olia? Like, I'm so excited for that. I think everyone should listen out for that one, too. Um, yeah. Share it with your recruiters. Share it with your account acquisition partners. And, um, you know, just share it with friends and family. And... <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, anyway, I mean, thank you everyone. It was absolutely fantastic to be back and talk to you again. And we'll hear you and see you next time. Yeah, totally missed you guys. And I'm like, yeah, totally missed you all. And so I'm very excited to just be back at it again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. I, we will speak to you later. Speak later, bye.